is going on, Uncancelled? How are you guys doing? Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so happy to have you uh, listening to the podcast this week or on our YouTube channel. That seems to be more popular. I'd watch on YouTube, too. You could see it, you know, sure. in person. Yeah, it's just you, a little better. You could see the reactions and stuff like that, especially when we rate, rate that. that. Carbonated, carbonated water. water. Here, here we, we go. go. That we nailed that one yeah, right we there. And we even hit the here we go at the same time. It wasn't even like, oh, man, better what we got today. I didn't even All look. Right. Yeah. So today uh, we're taking a little trip back. We're kind of we're kind of merging our rate that's. Okay. This is a Fuji apple and white tea. No way. Aha. No way. Caffeinated sparkling water. Stop it right now. I won't stop. Th- this is this is incredible. This is this is. Breaking news on the podcast, man. We are combining rate that apple with rate that carbonated water. <laughs> kind of. Like, how could you? This is must see YouTube. It is. Must can't see. miss it. You gotta get there. It. You gotta tell your friends to watch this one. All right, yeah. this one's a big one. All right, um, here we go. You want to crack it open? Yeah, I do want to crack it open. Let's. It's nice. That was clean. It's nice. That was clean. That oh, that was crispy. Give it a little smell. I mean, I think I can smell I, I, the apple. I'm in on that. I'm in on that. So I will say, like, seltzers or carbonated waters, like, they do taste the way they smell for the, for, for the most part. Like, last week it smelled like cough medicine. It tasted like cough medicine. So, all right. Here we go. Let's give it a shot. What is it again? Apple it's, what? It's Fuji apple and white tea. I don't know necessarily what white tea is, but do you want to say it or should I? Yeah, you say it. It it's kind of reminiscent of the cherry cough medicine. You don't agree? I do. Yeah. So like, okay, let's be fair. I initially put it in my mouth, right? Yep. T- it tasted great for half a second. Yeah. Yep. He's and then exactly I swallowed right. it. And it just got bad. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I swallowed it, and it, it all of a sudden turned. Like, it was like the white tea is what gave it the yeah, bad Yeah, that's bad what, part. I wonder if it's the white tea. Yeah, I, I get right. the, you get the Fuji apple right yeah. away. It's better than last week's. Yeah, it's not nearly as cough medicine, like, no. as last week's. Um, something that I like... So this is a this is a sparkling water. It's not a seltzer. Um, something that I like about it yep. is that's got a little forty milligrams, a little sneaky forty milligrams. Yeah, of caffeine. some caffeine, just a little punch without without any like you know without all that bad stuff right. that's for you and stuff. Um, my my last two sips were better. I will say that I, I am getting a little bit of the cough medicine uh, taste a little bit. Yeah. Um, would I drink an entire can of this? Um, maybe. Maybe I would. I I, I yeah. I, I probably would. But borderline. Borderline. Would I ever seek this out? Probably not. No. If I saw it in the store and it was like either like that or last week's or like just like a bland seltzer, I, I would get it. Sure. If like, I saw it in the store, and there were other flavor options, I might be like, okay, let me get a different option, right? Yeah. Like the forty milligrams of caffeine. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's a fine sparkling water, uh, in terms of carbonation and stuff, Yeah. but it's just the flavor really for this one. Yeah. So I, 
I would get this. I wish they just had Aha Fuji Apple without yeah. the oh, white 100%. tea. It would have been really good. Yes. Um, I, I'm going to go here. Um, I think we gave the cough medicine one, maybe a one or something like that. I don't even remember. That. Um, I, I'm going to say even the carbonation is really nice, and, and I, I, I don't mind it. I'm going to give it a five. I was going to give it a 5.5 just because it's like I would drink the rest of it, but just barely. So okay. 5.5 for me. All right. Fair enough. I like it very much. That was good. Sorry, I got a random thing like caught up in my... I don't know what that was. I had something caught in my mustache. I have no idea what that was. Um, anyway, doesn't really matter, I guess. Don't think it's there anymore. Okay. Today, we are talking about more important things than carbonated water. Although it's debatable. No, I'm just kidding. We're, we're talking about more important things than carbonated water. Uh, we are talking about biblical repentance. We've been in this for a couple of weeks now. We talked about biblical repentance. We started talking about the fruits of biblical repentance. And now this week we're going to finish the fruits of biblical repentance. So last week we hit earnestness, eagerness to clear them uh, ourselves, and indignation as three fruits of repentance or signs in, in a way. It's like, okay, like how do, how do I know that somebody has genuinely repented from the sin that they were doing in their life? What, what is a sign of that? And really, you shouldn't be looking in it in others as much as looking in it for yourselves first. Um, and in our lives, we should look and see if we're bearing this fruit of uh, genuine repentance. And so we, we saw in 2 Corinthians 7, and I'll read it to you guys again. This is the passage that we've been in. It says in verse 8, Even uh, if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, I see that my letter hurt you, but only for a little while. Yet now I am happy, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. See what godly sorrow has produced in you. What earnestness, what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what alarm, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done. At every point, you have proved yourself to be innocent in this matter. So, we saw that those are the fruits of repentance, and we began with earnestness, eagerness to clear themselves, indignation, and then last week we stopped at alarm, and I, I pointed out last week that alarm is really better interpreted, uh, fear, and uh, I hit on this last week, and I hope, that, uh, I hope that that helps you, and if you want to go back and listen to last week's podcast, you'll be able to see my explanation of these different uh, topics that we have here. But last week I focused on fear, and, and we actually have been preaching uh, at Impact the last two weeks in a series called Fear Not. And so uh, we were talking about a good fear, or like a wisdom fear, a wise fear to have, versus a bad fear. And, you know, good godly fear is fear of the Lord. We talked about that. 
in our sermon, you know, good, godly, wise fear is fearing putting your hand in a pot of boiling water. You should be afraid to do that naturally. If there's no reason, like obviously, you know, if somebody's like forcing you to do it or whatever, you can trust God to protect you. But, you know, if you're just doing it on your own accord, that is something you should be afraid to do. If you, you know, see a, a bear running around in the wild, you shouldn't want to go hug the bear. That is good, wise fear that God has put on the inside of us. Whereas bad fear is things that, you know, hold us back from doing what God wants us to do. And if you want to know more on that, you can go and watch my last two sermons on the YouTube channel in the series Fear Not. But we talked about one of the fruits of repentance actually being fear. And this is actually a good, wise fear. What is this fear? It is the fear of the Lord. It is fear of doing wrong. What, that, what this basically means is while it is a reverence for God and it is, you know, having an awe for God, it goes a little bit further. It's an actual fear of what would happen if we were living our lives in sin. It's a fear of what the results of our life would be if we were not with God. So while we're in relationship with God, we can understand that I don't need to fear the fact that he's going to judge me and, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go and, you know, I'm going to go to hell and stuff like that. We're not, we don't have to fear the fact that, not that we're not ever going to face judgment because every single person, regardless, Christian, non-Christian, we're going to stand before God and we're going to be uh, judged before the Lord. But it's not a fear that when we stand before God that we're going to, you know, we're going to go to hell. It's a fear in the sense that, man, I know what sin produces. I know what will happen if I continue to live in sin. And I know when I stand before a holy God that, I won't, that I'll be completely guilty before him if I continue to live in a lifestyle of sin. So what sin, what repentance should produce in us is a fear of the Lord where it's like I fear God too much to go and to continue to live in this lifestyle of fear. I don't want you to get it mixed up that I need to be afraid to pray. I need to be afraid to talk to God. I need to be afraid to be in his presence. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is a fear of God where you understand that, man, God is so holy. God is so great. I have such an awe for him, and I know that he doesn't honor sin, and I want nothing to do with sin because I know how wicked God thinks that sin really is. That's the type of fear of the Lord that I want uh, that I, I hope that every person watching this podcast develops in their life that understanding that we need to really fear God and understand that he is a holy God and that we shouldn't mess around with sin. We shouldn't mess around with sin because of how holy that he is. So that is the uh, the alarm or what alarm it says in first or second Corinthians chapter seven. That's the what alarm that the uh, Corinthians had. And so if you want more on kind of that, uh, you can go back to the last podcast, and that was towards the end of the podcast, the last thing that we ended on. But that right there was just a kind of a continuation or a starting point again of where we can begin with fruits of repentance. So having a, a fear, repentance should re- produce a fear of the Lord inside of us um, continually, regularly, and constantly in our lives. Um, we should be completely alarmed by sin and not want it to have anything uh, to do with it. Uh, the next one we see is what longing, it says. So it says what alarm and then what longing. The church in Corinth had been longing to see Paul. And the reason they were longing to see Paul were to learn from him, but also to make things right with him. 
See, if you watched the podcast last week, you know that the reason why the Corinthians were repenting is because there was somebody inside the church of Corinth that was speaking illy of Paul, and they were kind of allowing that to happen in their church and not really doing anything about it, not really defending him. And so they allowed that to fester in their church and even in some ways contributed to this talking about Paul. And so they became sorrowful and their sorrow led them to repentance. And so now they have a longing to see Paul to uh, make things right with him. So what does that show us? That shows us that in the same way, we should have a desire to make things right when we repent. If we need to apologize to someone, we should do so. Uh, This may not necessarily be only between you and God. Well, you know, when we sin, it doesn't matter if it was against someone else. It doesn't matter if it was against uh, in private. We should always go before the Lord for forgiveness. We talked about this when we sin. We go before the Lord and ask Him for forgiveness, and He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That's what 1 John 1.9 says. But understand that any time you sin, that we should always go before the Lord. But there should sometimes, if the sin involves somebody else, be a longing for us to make things right with that other person. And I said sometimes, what I really meant by that is sometimes if the sin involves somebody else, then you go before them. If it involves somebody else, you always go to them, and you should make amends with that person. You should make amends with that person. The Bible The Bible talks about this throughout Scripture, making things right with people, making things right. Uh, It says in Matthew, it says that if one offends you, go and tell them your fault. The Bible is about reconciliation with other people, to make attempts to live at peace with one another, the Bible says in in, uh, different places, to make every effort to keep the bond of peace, the bond of peace. We should long when we do things wrong, when we repent before God, we should long to make Everything right that needs to be made right. You know, you guys see Ben on on the podcast with me sometimes. If I do something wrong by Ben, you know, let's say I I talk badly about him and I realize, you know, I was wrong. I should repent before God and I should say, you know, Lord, I'm sorry. You know, forgive me for that, right? Go before him, repent for our sin, you know, completely change my mind. Understand I'm not going to talk about Ben like that anymore. But then I should have a longing to actually make things right with Ben. Go up to Ben. Hey, Ben, can I talk to you, man? Hey, I I said some things about you that was wrong for me to say about you. I don't, you know, I shouldn't have said that, and that was was wrong. Will you forgive me? That longing to make things right with him. So we should have a longing to make things right, not only with God, but with anybody that we hurt or harmed with the wrong that we did in our life. It's important in the body of Christ to keep peace. It's very important in the body of Christ to keep peace. You shouldn't be looking to create problems. Man, I know some people that that have been in churches that made so many problems. Everywhere they went was a problem. Any church that they went to, there was a problem. There was drama that followed them. That That right there is a divisive spirit. A divisive spirit. I encourage you with this. If everywhere that you go in life there's problems... Maybe stop blaming everybody else and start looking to yourself. Why, why does everybody get mad at you about the same things? 
Why do you always have problems with the same things? You can never have lasting friendships. You can never have lasting relationships. Everywhere you go, people accuse you of being a gossip. I just can't believe it. Everywhere that I go, everyone says I'm a gossip. Everybody says that I'm a liar. Everybody says I have anger problems. Well, maybe you should ask the Lord if that's true. If everywhere you go, the same thing is happening. If everywhere you go, you're constantly uh, having issues and problems and ruining friendships and relationships, and you can never be friends with someone for a long period of time, maybe, just maybe, you should look inside to yourself and say, Lord, would you search my heart? That Just like David had said, search me, O God. Search me, O God. That's what David said. Search me, O God. I challenge you to say that to yourself. If you're in a situation where, man, I just seem to have problems everywhere that I go. I would venture to say that it's not everybody else in the world's fault. But you perhaps could have something going on. And if you do, it's better that you recognize it now and go make, go back, make amends with the people that you need to make amends with, and move forward with your life. The, Bi- the Bible says there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Obviously, yes, I understand that that's talking about when we get saved. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. But when we repent for our sin, the Bible says that God casts our sin into the sea of forgetfulness. It's forgotten. It's gone. God doesn't hold our sin against us. Understand that when you repent of your sin, it's, ta- it's tossed into the sea of forgetfulness. That's powerful. God doesn't remember your sin anymore. So if you do need to make things right with some people, if you do need to go back and say, man, I have had a lot of problems and a lot of friendships. I know kids in the youth group, you know, it seems like everybody that they're friends with, there's always a problem. Maybe, just maybe, if that's you and you're like, man, I do have problems in every single one of my relationships. All my relationships have ended the exact same way and I don't talk to all these people now. Maybe you need to take a second to reflect and say, how, how could I have been at fault in this situation? That's an important thing to ask. Sometimes there are situations where, yeah, I really did everything that I possibly could to handle this situation, right? And it still didn't turn out well. And if that's the case, then that's fine. But if not, you should search yourself and you should say, man, God, is there, is there something I could do to make things right? When we genuinely repent, when we genuinely are right before God and there's a repentance that takes place, we change our mind. That's what repentance means, right? We change our mind. There should be a longing to make everything right that's right. I don't believe people when they tell me that they've, that they've repented and they don't want to go and make things right. I don't believe them. I don't believe them. They're like, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm right. I'm good with God. Well, do you want to go up to the person that, you know, you punched in the face two, like two weeks ago and tell them that you're sorry? No, I'm good. You know, I'm fine. Have you really changed your mind then? Because if you changed your mind about the fact, that fact, you'd realize, wow, that was really wrong and I shouldn't have done that. There should be a longing to make things right with God and a longing to make things uh, right with anybody that we hurt or offended in a situation. Even if, even if you did something, right, and you don't even feel like necessarily, like, you know, that you definitely did something wrong by a person, but they, t- they were offended by it. Even if you say, I'm sorry that I offended you and, you know, I want to make peace with you. There's a time and a place for that. There's a time and a place for that. You don't have to, you know, live your life always just saying to people, you know, 
oh, man, you know, uh, I'm sorry I offended you. I'm sorry. At some point, if somebody gets offended at every little thing you do, it's time to cut them out of your life. But I am saying to try to make every attempt to make peace with the person. Every attempt. Have a longing, fruit of repentance, longing, longing to make things right with God, longing to make things right with anybody you've offended or done anything wrong by. Next, Paul says, what concern? What concern? This is concern with doing what is right. Concern with doing what is right. The Corinthians, they actually feared that Paul would come and correct them in person. They had a concern because of that. So they had a concern to do what was right. And some of that concern, yes, it did come from the fact that they feared that Paul would come and correct them. But we can take away from this that we should have a deep concern with doing right. After we repent, we're like, okay, I want to be concerned with making sure I'm doing the right thing. I want to make sure that my affairs are in order, that the things that I'm doing, that everything is in order now, that I've just repented. We should have a concern with doing the right thing. A concern with doing the right thing. What does that look like practically in our life? That literally looks like understanding, being concerned with this. What offends God and what doesn't offend God? Ask yourself that question. Would this offend God? Would what I'm about to do right now offend God? And if the answer is yes to that, we should have such a concern that we don't do it. That's a fruit of repentance is being concerned. Being concerned with doing what's right. Being concerned with not offending God. And, and even thinking, thinking about it like this. Will this offend God? That's fine to ask that, and that's good. But even what will please God? What will please God? Thinking about it on a positive side instead of a negative side with what will offend God. That's a fine question to ask, not being uh, concerned with offending God. But even greater, saying, how can I please God? Being concerned with what's doing right. Being concerned with not pleasing God, or with pleasing God, not with not pleasing God. You probably shouldn't do that. You haven't really changed your mind if you haven't. Uh, if you decided that you're not going to please God, I don't believe you that you said that you repented then. But being concerned with what is right, and being concerned with pleasing God, and doing right by God. We should have a concern when we repent and change our mind. The last thing is a desire to see justice. The church at Corinth wanted to see justice in the situation. To see justice in the situation. When we do repent, we should seek out justice in a situation if necessary. If we lied, we should go and make sure it's known to the other parties involved and be willing to accept the consequences of it. That's very practical. Let's say I tell a lie and it affects the situation. I tell a lie. And it causes some things to happen. You know, I tell a lie. I tell people, you know, that I'm going to be somewhere. And, you know, somebody rearranges their entire schedule to be somewhere, but you have no intention to be there, and then they come. Right? Weird scenario, but it could happen, right? And the person, you know, they use gas money to get all the way there. It took them all the way there, and then you lied, and you realize that you did something wrong. Well, you repent before God. You then, right, we talked about longing, right? a longing to make things right with the person, now desire to seek justice. You then can turn to that person, make sure they know that you lied, you can make things right with them, but then you can even seek justice and make amends and accept any consequence that might come. Maybe you say to them, hey, I'm going to give you some gas money for the gas money you wasted because I told you that lie. Fine. 
being ready to accept the consequences, understanding that there might be consequences to the things that we do that are wrong. We live in a generation that doesn't want to accept consequences anymore. We don't want to accept consequences. We only want good consequences. You know, when we work really hard, our hard work pays off. But we don't want to accept the consequence that when we're lazy, sometimes there's bad consequences to that. When we're lazy, we don't just get handouts and money. Our generation, sometimes I see people in this generation, they just want to sit back and not do anything all day, and then they expect to have people just give them handouts. That's a completely different topic, but I don't know how I got there. But anyway, accepting consequences, accepting consequences when we do things wrong, seeking justice to be done in a situation. If there's a consequence we need to accept, be willing to accept it. If we steal money from somebody, yes, you should have to give that money back. It's not just like, hey, man, I'm really sorry I stole that money from you. No, look to seek justice. Here is the money I stole from you. And even if you want to be extra, and here's some, here's some interest for taking it, uh, taking it from you. Seeking justice. We want to make sure we do everything that we can when we repent and we change our mind. Everything we can to make sure that we're right. I love the last part. He says this. He says, at every point you have proved yourself to be innocent in this matter. Make every effort to make yourself innocent. To make yourself innocent. Understand, do everything you can to make it right. And then do everything you can to make yourself innocent. It, these are the fruits of repentance. And these right here will show you if you have a genuinely repentant heart. And really and truly, if you're asking yourself if you're genuinely repentant, that's a really good start. Because God will be able to use that humility and God will be able to, uh, God will be able to help you. And... If you're asking yourself if you genuinely repented, then I would venture to say that you have changed your mind because why would you care if you genuinely repented then? So watching that in other people's lives, don't just let people back into your lives that haven't genuinely repented for what they did. You can forgive them, but you know if, if somebody's your best friend and they do something dirty by you, but then they have no, uh, they have no repentance to the Lord, they have no amends that they make to you, you shouldn't just be so quick to just let them back into your life right away. You shouldn't. Yes, you could be nice to them. Yes, you could say hello to them. But to let them as close to you as they were before, that would be foolish of us. We should see these fruits of repentance in their life before we allow them to be close to us again. So seven fruits of repentance. I hope that that blessed you. I hope that encouraged you and taught you something. Next week, I think that I'm going to talk about this, the feelings generation, the feelings generation. I'm going to talk about why we shouldn't live by our feelings, why we shouldn't live by our feelings, and I believe it will help you and bless you. We'll see if the Lord directs me to go otherwise, but right now, that's where I'm feeling in my spirit to go. So God bless you guys. I hope you enjoyed this, and if you did, why not give us a like and a comment? Subscribe even, too. We got over 100 subscribers now. Let's go. I'm hyped. But, and we just started a couple months ago. That's great. I'm excited. I'm happy. God's doing a work. I hope you're learning about the Word of God, and I hope to see you at Impact on Wednesday nights at 630. God bless you.